You're listening to Talk Amongst Friends. Hello, this is Kayleen, one half of the show. I will be going solo this evening, talking about my weight loss surgery, my bariatric surgery. I thought that I would take this opportunity to talk about that and see how that goes. So I want to start with when it all started. It all started in high school. I was an athlete. I played volleyball, basketball, and was even convinced at one point to run track. I was so embroiled in my stature that weight gain was not an option. There were times when I would gorge and purge on a daily just to maintain my weight. And that is something that not very many people knew. A matter of fact, I don't think anybody knew. I didn't talk about it to anyone. I never told anyone. I didn't even tell my closest friends. But I think it also stems from my childhood. Growing up in the 70s in a household with four older sisters, you can imagine how it could shape a young woman's mind. Some comments were on weight. Some comments were on sexuality. And of course, a myriad of topics. It was trivial to them at the time, but it shaped the way that I looked at myself and viewed the outside world. And after high school, I ended up becoming a collegiate volleyball player. I played NCAA Division II for college. My habits didn't change much. You know, the workouts were extremely tough and the coach was tougher. I'd venture to guess we were probably the skinniest team out there. We were literally watched vigorously when it came to what we ate on road trips and during training. I weighed 123 pounds and I can clean and jerk 135 pounds. I was thin, but it was all muscle. I'm pretty sure my body fat was probably in the 5 to 7% range, I would say. Um, still on occasion in college, I would, I would gorge and purge, but never in front of my team or on any away trips. I kept this all to myself for years. No one ever knew. At least no one told me that they did if they did know. But my senior year in college, that summer, before my senior year in college, I had discovered food, or at least my body did. I remember going back for my final year in volleyball. I stood on the scale and went from 124 to 132, sorry, from 123 to 132, and had gone from a medium to a large. And I remember my trainer looking at me in horror, and you would have thought it was the end of the world. Apparently, you know, a seven pound gain was unacceptable. I was worked harder than ever before. It turned out to be the worst season of my life. I wanted to quit. I hated every moment of it. And, you know, your senior year should probably be the best year you have, right? But for me, it wasn't. I, I hated it. I hated it. And I had a lot of other things going on at the time. Um, and this just created more problems on top of that. Um, and I think this is probably the time of my life where I found comfort in food. And, you know, finally, I was no longer purging to keep the weight off. I got through that senior year and after that, I just, you know, I stopped working out. I stopped going to the gym. I used to work out twice a day and I just didn't want to do it anymore. I lost my taste for working out. I lost my taste for playing volleyball and I started to coach. But one of the things that I do remember from college that I wanted to talk about as far as my coach went She was very, very adamant about what we ate and how much we ate. And 
my freshman year in college, I remember this specifically, we went to California. It was the first time I ever flew on a plane. That's why I this is probably on my mind and why I probably remember this so fondly. And I don't know about fondly. That's probably not the right word to use because it wasn't a fond moment. But we had a, a girl on our team who was, who was larger than, than most of us. And we were at a restaurant eating breakfast that morning. And I will never forget this. We were sitting down and I always sat next to one of the captains as I was not captain then. And I sat next to the same person, my friend Carrie, on every single trip, even when we ate. And we're all sitting at the table and and the waitress starts bringing our food. And here comes, you know, you see oatmeal, you see muffins, you see bagels. That's That's what you see. Until she comes back to the table with a Belgian waffle, strawberries, and whipped cream on this. And the girl just happened to be sitting probably one seat away from me at the head of the table. So there was somebody in between us and she was sitting at the head of the table. And our coach was at the other head of the table. And I'm looking at Carrie and I'm like bumping her with my elbow. And I'm going, no way is she bringing that to Amy. There is no way she's bringing that to Amy. And she did. She sat it down right in front of Amy. And I mean... I swear all of us were probably had the look of horror on our face because we knew what was coming. We knew that something was coming down, that this girl was never, ever going to see the floor. And she never did. Matter of fact, she wasn't even invited to come back to the team the next season. So we, we never heard from Amy Pack again, basically. And she sat on the bench the entire season. So that is how profound it was for us as far as athletes and our eating habits, that moment there was a defining moment for me. And I would never have dared order anything like that. There's no way, especially on a way trip when we were watched like hawks. So it's interesting how people shape us and put us into habits without even realizing it. And I'm not sure that our coach really realized what she was doing to us mentally. Um, Another story on this same trip was my friend Carrie decided um, she was going to go buy a brownie, but let me step back and tell you what led up to that. We played that morning and we lost like three matches in a row. And back then it was, it was three out of five, one to 15. You had to side out to even score a point. So you had to, it wasn't rally points. So you had to serve actually to score a point. You had to win off of your serve. So we didn't have a good showing. We pretty much lost almost every match that day. So our punishment was that we didn't get to eat all day long. And so Carrie decided she was going to go up and she was going to get a brownie. Well, our coach walked right up to her, happened just to be watching us all apparently, walked right up to her, just stared at her. Carrie dropped that brownie where she stood had already paid for it, just dropped it and left it right there and walked off. I'm not quite sure if our coach even said anything to her. Matter of fact, I don't think she did. I think she just gave her the look of what the hell are you doing? And if she did say something to her, I think it was probably along the lines of what the fuck do you think you're doing? So that brownie was left on that, that table. And we didn't even eat until I remember this. We did not eat until 10 o'clock that night. 
We did not eat until 10 o'clock that night. So all day long, we went without anything playing in a volleyball tournament. Can you imagine how tired we were? So it was, it was those kinds of experiences that I had throughout my four years of playing volleyball. And it was not, you know, it wasn't the best time for me. Um, after volleyball, like I said, I, I continued to eat. I continued not to work out. I, you know, at 27, that's when I noticed I had noticeable weight and I wasn't even close to fitting in size 12 pants anymore. I was sporting an 18. As time went on, I became comfortable in larger sizes. I was coaching volleyball, but didn't have to work out much. So I didn't. I felt college spoiled my drive to step foot in a gym to actually work out. I went from working out three times a day to doing absolutely nothing but an occasional flight of stairs, you know, maybe an occasional trip to the mountains and doing a little bit of hiking. But over the years, I just found myself like clamoring for every single new fad diet there was from the grapefruit diet to the South Beach diet to the Weight Watchers. I even tried that soup one. You guys remember that one? It was a, it was that soup diet that consisted of, oh, I can't remember, but I bet some of you guys do remember it. I mean, it was a paper that was being passed around because that's how we passed our stuff around, right? Nobody was on smartphones and ah, it was the cabbage diet. That's right. It was that cabbage diet. I bet you some of you guys are right now are going, yep, yep. I tried that diet and it was awful. It was, it was awful. It was that cabbage soup and it was just stupid and it was awful. I remember that. And, um, you know, I, there were times when I would go to the gym and I'd straight, you know, stay true for a couple of months at best. And I even paid a trainer some astro- astronomical amount of money and never finished those one-on-ones. And it was like nothing I did was working for me. And, you know, as I started to age, I realized I had no motivation. I had no drive. It just, you know, those things just were foreign to me. You know, they, they weren't around that drive to, to lose weight, that drive to, be healthy, just wasn't there for me. You know, I never was a big vegetable person. I never have been. I still am not. So, you know, I find myself at 47, right? My weight had stayed between 238 to 247 for at least two decades, right? Um, When I tell people how much I weighed or how much I, you know, I weighed, yeah, because it was weighed because I don't weigh that anymore. They were quick to say, no way, no way in the hell do you weigh that much. You know, I would have never guessed you weighed that much. And the occasional blank stare that causes one to be speechless. You know, I would just say, shmah, you know, whatever. And I'd hide my weight. You know, I, I hid my weight very well. And I carried it well. You know, so there came a time when, you know, I don't know, about two years ago, maybe three, I started feeling really sluggish. Not so well in 2017. Um, I thought it was the job, which is highly stressful in nature, which you guys know I work for 911. So I thought it was my job. You know, I thought I just, you know, I thought I was going mental, you know, dealing with the public. And, you know, I finally went to the doctor. I get my labs done and find out I have hypothyroidism, you know, which is very common. A lot of people have it. Um, but some of the symptoms are fatigue, 
weight gain, a puffy face, cold intolerance, joint and muscle pain, dry skin, dry thinning hair, decreased sweating, depression. So I basically was experiencing, I was experiencing almost all of that. Um, you know, I was dealing with a lot at that time. And so I started to take the medication. I immediately felt a difference in my attitude, my energy level. And, you know, I did, I had that whole puffy face thing, the puffy eye thing. I had that for years. So who knows how long I was running around, you know, with hypothyroidism. I have no idea. Um, you know, it took about a year for us to even get my dosage right. Um, but I felt pretty good. And, you know, so the new diet fad, right, is keto. So I was like, hey, let's jump on the bandwagon. Let's do this whole keto thing. You know, my biggest issues with all these diets is that they are not sustainable for me. Um, so in November of 2018, I go to the doctor once more because I, was, I wasn't feeling well. Fatigued, other, system, other symptoms came back. Um, come to find out I have high blood pressure and type two diabetes. All of this brought on by my weight and age, of course. So I discussed bariatric surgery with my doctor, the next appointment. Um, she suggested I go to a seminar at a local hospital and that seminar is only held a few times a year. And the thing about it was I called them and lo and behold, there's a seminar in like two weeks. So I got to go. And I attended this seminar and it was awesome. It was amazing. Um, I found myself listening to this doctor speak and I was like, oh my God, that's me. That is what I'm going through. You know, I found out I wasn't alone in my thinking or the way I was feeling. I made an appointment and I found out that I was a candidate for the surgery. However, the surgery itself was $14,000 and the insurance I had at that time did not cover it. So, you know, yeah, I could get a loan and I could pay for it and I could finance it. However, I found out that Kaiser covered it. So I made the leap to Kaiser uh, in 2019. My first appointment was in February of 2019. And it was the best thing I ever did. You know, I talked to my to the doctor. I told her, hey, this is what I'm looking for. I want to you know, I want to go ahead and move forward with the surgery. And so we did, we did, we went, we went forward with it. But the thing is I had to go to classes. Um, I had to do a lot of, a, a lot of legwork to be able to get this done. And so what I started to do was I also started to, to write a blog about my experience and, you know, I, I told my family what I wanted to do. I told some of the friends what I wanted to do. And, you know, I went through, I went through a lot of stuff in the beginning of this process. Um, I have a pretty supportive family, you know. My par my partner in the beginning wasn't completely on board with this process. And that's just because she worries about me. You know, she was worried about my health. She was worried about what was going to happen to me. She's worried about whether or not I was going to make it through the surgery. Like a lot of people worry about that kind of stuff, right? You know, um, you know, I just, 
I remember she had, she had this mindset. She had that mindset of that I could do it on my own. You know, even after the doctor told her I had about a 3% chance of losing the weight on my own, you know, and I had the 3% chance of losing this on my own because of the medical issues that I was facing. And so with the thyroid, with the high blood pressure, with the diabetes and the severe sleep apnea, that's where the 3% came from, you know? And so it took me supporting a medical decision for her to help her wake up and smell the 3% in the air. You know, the cool thing was, is that she turned into my biggest supporter. You know, she was there for me through the whole process. She knew I was going to these classes. I'd come home. I talked to her about it. It was awesome because I was able to have someone support me at home. Um, she finally was on board. It was all good. Um, you know, I discussed this with some of the people in my life. Uh, some of these people are, you know, very important to me and some were just coworkers. Um, you know, the thing that I found is that some of the first things that people tend to say is you don't need it. You're not that big. No way do you weigh that much, but you've overcome so many other issues and are strong. Change your diet. Exercise is all you need. When it comes to exercise, I hit a plateau quickly, you know, and then I then get discouraged and my brain won't let me continue, you know, and these judgments come from a place of not knowing all the facts, you know, with medical factors involved, it becomes a struggle for anyone to lose weight. Mentally, it's very hard because I was questioning myself every day as to whether or not this is a good decision. You know, when it comes to diet, I am very, I'm, I'm, I'm a very picky eater period. Anybody who knows me knows this. And eating the same thing over and over does not appeal to me. I mean, hell, it's hard for me to even eat leftovers. I mean, Tina can attest to that. She'll tell you, Kayleen does not eat leftovers. She hates to eat it, but I eat them now. I mean, you know, I, I do now and it, because it's so different, but we'll get to that. Um, you know, I've been in, I was in this battle of weight for like 22 years and I just got to the point where I was over it and I felt that I needed help to get me started. And this was the solution that I, that I went after, you know, I'm, I'm, I was well aware that it was going to be a life-changing decision. Um, but it's what I wanted to do. And, you know, it isn't a quick fix. It wasn't a quick fix, but it was what I decided to get me to that next level. It's what I decided that I needed to do for Kayleen. And so that's what I did. So like I said, I started these classes. I went to my first appointment. And um, I remember I was stressed out the night before and I couldn't sleep. I was freaking out. And I just, you know, I just wanted to make these appointments because you're required to make these appointments with Kaiser. Um, it was, there were things that I needed to get done before I could even get this, this surgery done. There are, there are things that I need to start on. I had to start on a regimen of vitamins. I had to get blood work. I had to get a mammogram. I had to get several things done before I could get this going. And, you know, my excitement though came around and I was through the roof about this. You know, I, I, I was excited. I was very excited. Um, I, during my research, 
I found that I, uh, I found that there were two surgeries that Kaiser offered. It was either the sleeve or the, or the gastric bypass. And I found that I couldn't wrap my brain around them cutting and moving my intestines. That just was not something that appealed to me. I, I, I was just like, no way, no way am I going to allow somebody to move my intestines and, you know, cut it off from my stomach and, and all that. And I just, I just couldn't do it. So I opted for the sleeve, which they take about three fourths of your stomach. So you're left with a a banana sized stomach. And I, that's, that's what I chose to do because I felt like it was one of the I don't know. I just felt like that's what I needed to do, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And so I, I went through the classes. Like I said, I did my research and I had the surgery July 16th, 2019. So I had to do a pre-diet, like a 10-day pre-diet where I had a shake for breakfast And what I did was I was working daytime. So I had my dinner basically during the day. So it was like, it was like four ounces of chicken and a side salad, a very small side salad with 45 calorie dressing. And then I did another shake at night. So during that time, the 10 days, I lost 11 pounds before the surgery. So my highest weight was 247. My surgery weight was 236. Um, Currently I'm at about 183. My goal weight was 175. So I had a surgery, everything went well, but afterwards there were things that you completely and totally forget about. Um, now that I look back about it, now that I look back at it, I remember I, I was frustrated because I couldn't sit up. I could not sit up on my own after the surgery. And a lot of that was because they go right through the muscle. They go through the muscle. You have five holes in you. They have cameras in there. They pull your stomach out of one of those holes. So, so it was pretty invasive. It was very invasive. And, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about how bariatric surgery, oh, that's the easy way out. Why can't you just get your fat ass on a treadmill? You know what? It doesn't work that way. And it's not the easy way out. And if anybody, if I ever hear anybody say that this was easy, I swear to God, they're going to get a mouthful from me because it wasn't the easy way out. Okay. Uh, for the first four weeks, I couldn't even lift myself up. So if I, if I got on the bed, and I laid down, I could not lift myself up without help. So Tina actually got me one of those rails that go in between the mattress so that I could get myself up when she wasn't there. It was not easy. My stomach, I was in a lot of pain. And I I had forgotten about all that. I was in a lot of pain. Um, Just sitting down even, just sitting down, I had it like, like we had to put like rails on the toilet because sitting down was so painful. And, And I had to like use it to push myself back up because you just don't have the muscle strength. They go right through that muscle in your stomach and you've got holes in there. And so the healing process, it's, it's a long healing process. They say it takes about a year and a half just for it to actually heal up. So, I mean, we're in 2020, so, you know, I got it in July. So I'm at a year and four months right now, which means I'm probably not completely healed. Right. And I just remember that, you know, you're on liquid diet for a while 
when, when you come out of that surgery and, um, you're on liquid diet, then you're kind of on soft foods and then you can start eating solid food. And the funny thing is when you eat that four ounces of chicken that you were eating before in that side salad is not even a possibility. It's not even a possibility. I mean, even now I can, I can maybe eat one small piece of pizza. Um, I can, I can eat a half of uh let's say if I go to like, I don't know, let's say I go to, cause sometimes I still do. Sometimes I'll still go to fast food and I'll go to Wendy's and I'll get like a son of the Baconator or whatever. I can only eat half of that sandwich. I cannot eat a full sandwich. It just doesn't happen. Jimmy John's get a sandwich. I can't even eat half of the half. So, uh, your eating habits definitely change. But what they don't really mention to you either, I mean, they mention to it to you, they, they tell you about the mental stuff that you're probably going to go through. And to be honest with you, I've, I've gone through a lot of mental, mental stuff in the last year and a half. I still go through it. I, I went from a 22 size 22 pants to a size 14 and I still don't see it. I body dysmorphia is real. I still look in the mirror and I still see fat Kayleen. That's what I see when I see myself. Even today, if I go in there right now and I look at myself, I'm going to see fat Kayleen and I'm going to say, Jesus Christ, you're fat. You know, you, you need to lose weight. You need to do this. You need to do that. And it's, you're so hard on yourself. And, and I go to therapy because I'm a firm believer in therapy and I'm working through all this stuff. And thank God I have a great, phenomenal therapist, but I go through a lot of mental anguish. I mean, you know, people are thinking, oh, we're going to get, and, and maybe some people experiences, not everybody goes to the same experiences. And some people do get confident. Some people do, you know, get over the top and, and start wearing cute clothes and start doing all kinds of cool stuff, you know? And yeah, I'm fitting in shirts that I probably couldn't even get over my head, you know? when I, when I first started this journey and even before that, and I'm in a size, you know, that I haven't been in since college, you know, I mean, I'm, I, you know, granted, I probably was in a, a 10 to a 12 in college, but I'm still close and I'm smaller than I've been in 25 years. So it still freaks me out to look in the mirror because I, I don't see it. Even though I went through my clothes and, you know, it's funny because Tina was like, no, you can't wear that anymore. No, you got to throw that out. No. And and I mean, if I kept my pants, they would totally not stay up. I mean, they're, I mean, it would be impossible, right? I mean, I could put a string through the, you know, the loopholes and probably hold them up, but it, it would look awful. And I still find it hard to look at myself. Um, I posted a picture of myself, what, about a month ago or so with me in a ponytail it has been forever since I've had my hair in a ponytail just because I felt like my face was fat and I felt like I was too fat for a ponytail and then my head was huge. So I didn't want to wear my hair in a ponytail. And, you know, I, I, I also wore the ponytail, not just because of that, but because I could, because after you have this surgery, you start losing your hair. So at about three to four months, I started losing my hair, like chunks of it. Like, I, I mean, my hair is thinner than it's ever been. It's still thin. I was freaking out. 
I was freaking out. I mean, I'm talking about when I put a brush through my hair, you would not believe the amount of hair that was on my brush. Not only that, when I would put mousse in my hair or whatever, I would come out with globs of, of hair in my hands. So it was, it's a stressful time. It's a stressful time. So it's been a really stressful year and a half. And then, you know, you add on top of that, I'm six months out, right? And in, in December or whatever, and then you add this whole COVID thing coming on February, March. Um, it, so it's been, it's been a mental year for, for all of us, I think. And right now we're all still going through that, right? This week, we're still waiting for election results, but that's another topic. So, you know, it's not the easy way out. People think that it is. And I personally, I, I am a huge supporter of this surgery. I'm a huge supporter of anything that could help anybody to feel better about themselves. And I'm getting there. You know, I'm, I'm starting to feel better about myself. I, I really am. Um, but like I said, I'm not doing it on my own. I mean, I'm going to counseling because it does. I mean, it, it messes with you mentally. But I will tell you what, best damn decision I ever made. And I'm going to tell you why. I no longer have high blood pressure. I no longer have diabetes and I no longer have sleep apnea. That is amazing. That is amazing. The thyroid disease is always going to be there. That's something I won't get rid of. But I am in a better place health-wise than I have been in in years. And I feel better. I feel better. The energy I have, immediately my back stopped hurting. I mean, sometimes, you know, I still get aches from it, you know, because of my posture. But my knees stopped hurting. My back stopped hurting. And I, I just all around felt better as far as my health goes. I feel better. But like I said, there's still that other side. You know, you have to you have to nurture and you have to take care of both sides. You have to take care of your mental side as well as your physical side. And um, I was watching this doctor who talked about this bariatric surgery. And since I don't take in enough calories, have I started working out yet? No, I have not. And that's something that I'm going to start doing. But even now, I, I probably still don't take in enough calories. I'm probably still not drinking enough water. Um, I did start to work out for a while. And what happened was that I did 25 minutes on a recumbent bike. And then my niece had this great idea to do the stairs. And I did about a minute of half of those stairs. And I thought I was going to die. Literally, I got off that. I was like, I can't do anymore. I was dizzy. I was sick. And I think it was because I just, I'm not taking in enough calories. I don't, I don't even know how many calories I take in a day. It's probably not even a thousand. So, I mean, really, should I be working out for 30 to 45 minutes, two hours at a gym? Absolutely not. I'm not taking in the calories for all that. And I'm sure once I do start working out and I do start doing that and I'm able just to eat a little bit more, that I'll probably drop even more weight. Um, my goal weight, like I said, was like 175. I'm not there. But um, I will get there, just not today. And I'll get there when I'm ready to get there. But like I said, this is probably the best decision I ever made and the healthiest I've I've been in years. And I just kind of wanted to talk about that because lately, you know, I have a few people at work that, you know, are friends that have actually taken the same step I have taken. And, you know, there's people that have done this and have not been successful. There's people that have done the surgery and they've gained all their weight back plus. Um, my goal is not to do that. So I'm very careful. I watch what I eat. 
yes, I do eat chocolate because I love chocolate and that's never going to go away. But I don't, I don't do carbonation. Um, that's one of the things they said for us not to do. And I, I think a lot of that um, is also to stay away from the sugar. So I stay away from the sugar, although I will have milk chocolate. So there's my sugar. Um, right now I do have Rockstar because I'm working nights. So, you know, I do the caffeine because coffee's just never been something for me. So yes, I know Rockstar is bad for you. Yes, I'm aware of that. At some point, yes, I do plan on quitting. But today, no, I'm not going to quit the Rockstar, although I'm not going to have one today. So I just kind of wanted to tell people that, you know, this isn't the easy way out. Okay. It's not the easy way out. Honestly, what, if someone comes to you and they tell you, Hey, I'm thinking about bariatric surgery, you need to be supportive. We need to be supportive of these people because, you know, it's not always about you, number one, and it's, it's not your place to judge these people. And one of the hard things for me too, that I'm finding out is when I go out to eat with people or I'm having dinner with even my own family, like it goes through my mind, like, shit, you're going to eat all that. Like it freaks me out sometimes because I can't even eat a quarter of that. But when you realize that that's how you used to eat and now you can't, and you know, you're, you've changed, it boggles your mind. It boggles your mind. Um, how much we do eat. So the average, you know, the average stomach is as big as a, a football. My stomach is as big as a banana. So there's no way I'll ever be, you know, if I go out to eat with you, guess what? We're taking, I'm taking most of my food home. And it's kind of funny because at the, at the restaurants, people are like, oh, you didn't like your food, dude. It was delicious. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just, you know, I can't eat it all, you know, and and it's kind of sucks because sometimes you, you have to explain yourself and, and you don't really want to because it's kind of your business, but I'm, I'm not shy about it. I will tell anybody about this surgery. I'm not, I'm not afraid to share it. I don't care what people say about it. I don't care if it's negative. That's fine because that's on you and it doesn't affect me. So, but what we really need, people that are going through this, they need your support. They need you to back them because it's not an easy journey. It's hard. It's hard as hell. And, you know, when you have, when you, when you look at people and you're like, you know, hey, you know, you need to just get in the gym and work out. Well, you know what? You don't know if they need to get in the gym and work out. I guarantee you, you guys didn't know I had all these health problems, you know, that were happening to me. It's not like I, I, I shared this and I was like, hey, everybody, I got diabetes or hey, everybody, you know, I got sleep apnea. And, you know, it's just not good to judge people. And they just need your support when it comes to something like this. We just need you to be there for us. And, you know, I mean, even afterwards, it's been tough. It's been tough dealing with some people and some people's comments. You know, there's people that have just made comments. And I'm really not going to say what these comments were because some of these people probably listen to this and they're, I, I don't want them to think, oh my God, I said that, you know, but you know, there were comments that were made even, even afterwards, you know, and, and it's kind of, I don't know, I, I I'm going to share one. And I don't, I don't even remember who said this, but, or maybe I do, I don't know. Somebody was like, wow, she's really half the person that she really was. And you know, that, that kind of bothered me. I'll be honest that, you know, comments like that kind of bother me when it does, you know, even though I usually don't care what people say about me, but when it's somebody that's close to me, that's a different story. I do kind of, you know, react to that and they do, you know, they do kind of, you know, if somebody drops a, 
a comment like that, it is kind of hurtful when it's somebody that I care about. You know, if it's somebody that I don't care about, I really don't, I, I don't care. That doesn't bother me. But when it's somebody that cares about me and they say things like that, it's very bothersome. So it's like, you got to stay away from those kind of comments, you know, but supporting people is what you need to do. You know, I mean, I don't need to hear every day. Oh my God, you look great. Or you've lost so much weight. I, that's not what I'm saying. I just need you to treat me like Kayleen, like you always have, like you've always known me. And, you know, it's okay, you know, for some people when they see me and they haven't seen me, they are in shock. And I, I actually get a really, I, I get a kick out of that because it makes me realize that, okay, yes, I am doing what I'm doing and I'm doing it right. Even though I can't usually see it in myself, when people look at me and they're like, holy shit, you know, I had two friends, two of my bestest friends in the world. We, you know, we try to get together once a month and I love those two. When they saw me, cause they, we hadn't gotten together in over a year. When they saw me, they were like, holy shit. Oh my God. And see, so those kind of comments do make me feel good. Those, those kind of comments are cool. Those are the good things because, um, it just makes you feel like you're right on track and you're doing what you need to do. But those other comments about, you know, to, to total strangers, you know, oh, look, yeah. So she had surgery. Like, are you serious right now? Like, that's my place to tell people, not your place. And, you know, people just don't think about those things and we probably should. Anyway, so I just wanted to let everybody know, you know, what I went through, where it started, where I'm at and where I'm at today is I'm very happy. I'm healthy. I'm in a good space. At least, at least I'm healthy enough. I'm way more healthy than I was, right? I mean, I'm still, you know, eating chocolate sometimes. So, you know, I don't know how healthy that is, but you know what? I'm not going to deprive myself, right? And if I want a bite of a pizza, I'm going to have that bite. If I want some enchiladas, I'm going to have those enchiladas, but sure, I'm just not going to have the same amount. It's like not even close to the same amount, but I've decided that I'm not going to deprive myself from those things, but I'm going to have them, you know, at, I guess, an amount that is good for me, you know, that makes sense for me. So I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to listen to me, to listen to this. And if you know somebody who's gone through this or who is going to go through this, I'm just going to suggest that you be supportive because it's very, very important that you support someone who's going through this process because this is not an easy process whatsoever. It is not easy at all. It's not easy physically and it's certainly not easy mentally. And, you know, I'm going to suggest if it, if it's you and you're the one who's going to go through this process, get a counselor. Seriously, because think about this. You're shifting your entire life. You went from skinny or from fat to skinny, you know, to losing weight. So I went from skinny to fat to now, I guess, reasonably smaller. And I wouldn't call myself skinny right now. A lot of people would, but I wouldn't call myself that. But that's a huge change. That's a huge change physically, and that's a huge change mentally. So my my greatest suggestion here would be to get the help that you need. And we need support. And our family and friends can't always give us that support that we need. We need that neutral person who's going to listen to the things that we're saying and who we can bounce this stuff off to and who's going to help us get to a healthier place mentally. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to Talk Amongst Friends. Have a good night. And that concludes this episode of Talk Amongst Friends. Thank you for joining us. Uh-huh.